Welcome back to Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune and from Talk North. Lavelle Emil III is also a Star Tribune columnist who does a show here for us along with Roy Smalley. Uh, this week, some weird scheduling. We're going to do a show with Lavelle about some nuts and bolts stuff. We're going to catch up with, with Roy later in the week, talk about his USC reunion, about playing Dave Winfield. Uh, about the atmosphere at the playoff game compared to what it was like for him in 87 on the field. But for today with Lavelle, let's get to some actual news and let's start off the field, Lavelle. Dick yep. Bremer announces his retirement from the booth, transitioning to a front office position with the Twins. Uh, you know, baseball's different. We spend, we all spend so much time together, uh, especially when you're on the beat, but even in our columnist roles, we spend a lot of time at the ballpark. There's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of, co- we spend a lot of time just talking with no recorder on, telling stories, catching up, throwing different theories at each other. You know, I think we both have the same relationship with Dick. He's just always been a great guy to talk to around the ballpark, an honest guy, a good guy. I'm really happy for him that he's going out on his own terms, that he's going to stay with the organization. But what are your thoughts on, on Mr. Bremer's decision? I was stunned because I, I, you know, you just get used to seeing someone at the ballpark, as you point out. You just think they're going to be around forever. And, you know, Bremer was part of the, you know, the, the, the soundtrack of that franchise uh, for so, so many years. So, and I really thought he wanted to make a run at 5,000 games. I think that would be an, a hell of an accomplishment uh, for him. And I didn't realize that he was the longest tenured announcer in baseball either. That one uh, yeah. threw me for a loop as well. So I'm happy he's still going to be around. Uh, he's always been a big fan of the club, always wanted to see the, the lads do well. And, uh, you know, he attacked his profession with sincerity and in and, and focus and consistency. Um, you can let me argue about how he his delivery and how he was as an announcer. But you know what? You have to do something, do something. You have to be doing something right to do it as long as Dick Bremer has done it. And I, I'm just glad he's going to be around the ballpark to continue to tell his stories and 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 share his knowledge because uh, he has a lot of it. And I'm glad he is staying uh, uh, connected with the organization in some capacity. I've been on the Diamond Awards Committee with Dick for many, many years, and uh, he's always been sincere about that endeavor as well. So uh, kudos to Dick and uh, good luck in his in the next chapter of his uh, career. Yes, congratulations, Dick. Maybe we'll get Dick on this show at some point just to catch up with him. Uh, just, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm just happy for him. Uh, this is the Chin Music Show. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services and All Energy Solar, AllEnergySolar.com. Uh, and thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. Also on the horizon now, November, uh, December 2nd, Saturday night, 9-ish, my band is going to be playing at Blicks, downtown Minneapolis, right across from Kieran's. We'll play at like 9 to midnight or so. Don Mitchell's birthday will be celebrated. Jerry Holt, our friend and the great photographer from the Star Tribune, we will celebrate his birthday. We love playing Glicks. It's the perfect place for our band. We just love the whole vibe, the stage, the sound awesome. system, the people, all that. Come out and see us. We'd love to see you. Now let's get to some more uh, fundamental baseball nuts and bolts. Since we last talked, the, the Twins picked up the options uh, for one more year for uh, Polanco and for Kepler. Probably not a big surprise, but it is news. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of speculation that they would let move on from both guys. But uh, Polanco, first of all, I just think he he means a lot to that offense. Uh, a switch hitter who generally takes good at bats. I know the stats don't bear it out, but uh, 
Um, he, I think he does a good job in the top third of the batting order, and he he helps lengthen the batting order because he hits from both sides of the plate, and he can put a, a pop a, a charge into the ball every now and then, and the, do that from second base. You know, there's value there. So, and it also it it allows him to have flexibility, flexibility with Eduardo Julian and Royce Lewis and if Brooks Lee's caught up and all these other infielders because he could play a little third base if needed as well. So uh, I think it was a shrewd move. The The capper one is, you know, you've got to give him credit for a remarkable achievement because a lot of us didn't think he was going to last a year on the roster, mm-hmm. let alone come back for 2024 because uh, he was a disaster at the plate early in the season. Uh, he lost a game for them in Tampa Bay with his base running, and he just figured it may have been at a point where the organization was fed up with him, but you know they stuck with him. Um, they had a conversation with him about uh, getting after a little bit more and you know, questioning his passion. He showed a lot of passion during the second half, and he put he started putting the ball in, in play harder and started having success. And you know he was one of our better hitters the second half of the season, and he earned you know his option being picked up. So great move for him, and you know two decisions that you know once we got to the end of the season made all kind, all the reasonable sense in the world to make. Yeah, and what I find interesting about it is they are so different. Uh, Polanco is known for playing hurt, playing any position they ask him to play, never complaining. Uh, as you said, I don't, know, I don't know what the stats say and the deeper analytics say. To me, he's the guy, you go up there, you know he's going to – he has a, a great sense of where the sweet spot of the bat is. He has a great sense how to work in a bat so he gets a pitch. He can hit hard. And I thought he, you know, he looked good in the postseason. He looked like he belonged in the postseason against good pitching. Uh, and as you said, Kepler is different. Kepler has gone through long droughts where he looked like he didn't know uh, how to take a good at bat. Mm-hmm. He did not look good in this postseason, even after having a great second half. He's an excellent fielder. Uh, he does play. I and mean, that's the similarity. They both play. They're both mm-hmm. durable. They both want to be in the lineup. They're both reliable in that way. Uh, Polanco will play anywhere. I think Kepler pretty much has let it be known he really just wants to be a right fielder. And guess what? You know, it's, it's probably the right thing to keep him there, let him be really good at one position rather than weakening two positions, moving to center field. Different personalities. Um, my concern with Polanco is can he really stay healthy for a full season so you get the most out of him? My concern for Kepler is will he take good at bats if and when they get back to the postseason? Uh, those are two good, two fairly good points. And the, the, the thing about Polanco, too, until, what, the 2021 season, he had never been on the injured list. Mm-hmm. You know, He had been durable, reliable. And I know from just being in the clubhouse – uh, when I was the B rider, there were times where he probably should have sat out, but he yep. went out for the good of the team and, and was able to man the post when there was a lot of stuff going on with him. Um, but then, you know, he started, you know, he landed on the IL for the first time a couple of years ago, and now he's, like, made multiple trips. That's the only uh, concern is that if he, how he's going to age and if uh, all his years of, um, you know, playing no matter what, are they going to keep up with him, catch up with him? Uh, over the next year or so. And we got to worry about Kepler uh, the second half of this year. You know, was it just a big tease? He had a good stretch of success, and uh, can he take off from it, or will he regress? You know, uh, he's given the opportunity to come back next year on a team that's going to want to take another step after getting a, a taste of success in the postseason. Can he take the next step as a player? Is there another level there from Max Kepler? 
for all the analysis of, about why Kepler turned around, whether it was emotional, whether it was relationship in his life, whether it was a sense of urgency or a conversation in that clubhouse, I will go back to what Roy Smalley said on this show early in the season, which is he picked up that he thought Kepler was striding too much into the plate, cutting himself off, which made him vulnerable to inside pitches, uh, made it hard for him to pull a good fastball, and that once he started striding more toward the pitcher, that all of a sudden he could punish an inside fastball. He could take you know, pitches middle out more toward the middle and the gaps, and it really changed everything for him. I, I actually give Roy credit. I think his analysis was right on. It sounds like Roy May went down on the field and told Kepler to do that too. <laughs> and he might. And that's that's the other thing. We have the guy on our show, the former twin on this show, We'll sometimes have conversations with twins to say, hey, you might want to think about this. You might want to try that. And I know he's so respectful of wh whoever the current hitting coach is, whoever the current coaching staff and manager is. He never wants to get out of his lane. He never wants to step in front of somebody else. But if he ends up in a conversation, he will provide an honest answer. Right. And there's no one more cerebral about hitting who has had major league experience like Roy. Yeah, I, I actually – one of the very few people I think is on Roy's level in terms of hitting intellect is Justin Morneau. And he's also a, a broadcaster, you know, in Twins broadcast. I, I, Morneau, I don't know if you remember, Lavelle, you, I'm sure you do. When Morneau first showed up in the big league clubhouse during spring training when he was very young and his first couple times he got called up to the big leagues, people in, in that clubhouse, and especially the guys like Mikavich and the guys who were friends with Mikavich, they wondered if he had some kind of like a learning disability. I mean, he just didn't speak. He didn't speak complete sentences. And, you know, and he was, wasn't taking good at bats. People are like, is this guy smart enough to be a big league hitter? He got, he, once he got comfortable and came out of his shell, all of a sudden you realize this is, and, and you started watching him work at bats and work pitchers and play games with pitchers. Mm -hmm. You know, by the time we got to the end of the 2006 season, but even more 2009, 2010, to me, it was one of the smartest hitters I've ever watched. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember something about that when he first came up. It, there was something going on upstairs with him, though, uh, all along. He just had a, a weird Canadian way of showing it, I just think. <laughs> if you talk to him now, he looks befuddled half the time. But as soon as he starts talking, you get an idea that he knows what the hell is going on. So it just may have been... Uh, um, just one little goofy idiosyncrasy about Morneau. But, uh, yeah, you you knew right away. I mean, the first spring training with him and Maurer in Major League Camp, you're like, okay, these guys are going to be the middle-of-the-order guys for the squad for many, many years. And they ended up being that. Um, you, can, you can tell right away. You can tell right away with Luis Arias that, yeah, he belongs here. Uh, you could tell, you know, I heard the same things about Brooks Lee last year in camp. Uh, Royce Lewis. You know, same thing. But uh, Morneau, you know, watching the, his outs were exciting in that first spring training, you know, because he was hitting, be barreling everything. So you're like, can't wait to see how this plays in the majors. And uh, so he knew, you know, there were he uh, the brain, the uh, babe, the ability to synthesize information was always there with him. And just like Roy, Justin's on the field all the time and he's talking. I I've seen him have many conversations with Trevor Larnick. I'm sure he's talking to Matt Walner too and a couple uh, other like fellow left-handed hitters about uh, uh, approaches and uh, strategy and mechanics. So, and that's, you know, part of the beauty of having former 
Twins players around the ballpark um, being comfortable with going down and not stepping on the hitting coach's toes and, um, you know, providing some of their experience to these young guys. And then you got Latroy Hawkins, who had yep, yep, yep. more experience than almost anybody in Major League Baseball history, pitched in every role, uh, became an ambassador in the game. Uh, I mean, the people they have coming back and going to spring training and doing the broadcasts, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they're just, they are invaluable people. Yeah. And Hawk, I mean, what a story with him, because my first year on the beat was 98 when he was still mm-hmm. trying to figure things out as a starter, you know. Uh, and then, you know, it took a while. It took some uh, some hard lessons and some rough nights and, you know, having to talk to us after a, a bad outing. And then uh, I think one one imper- important person for him was when Rick Anderson became the pitching coach Yep, and, and gave uh, LaTroy La- a different outlook on, on life and his career. And he began to flourish and he found value as a reliever. Uh, and he founded it with the Twins and he found it with a bunch of other organizations uh, during his journey. So... Um, you know, he made himself, he made himself a quite a career. Uh, and it's because of, you know, uh, we just watched Josh Dobbs lead, lead the Vikings to an improbable comeback win against the Atlanta Falcons. And Dobbs has already been in like six or seven different organizations, but he's got a, he's got a, uh, experience from all those organizations and different systems. And he can find something that's adaptable to his skills and make and make it work. And he did that yesterday. And Latroy was like that as a baseball player. He's played for a lot of different pitching coaches, a lot of different organizations. He knows strategy. He knows he's got the, the, the background and the, uh, and the scout reports in his back pocket here. And you know, that, that evidence and that experience, you know, can rub off on some of these younger pitchers. Yes. And, uh, Latroy, you know, I covered Latroy. I went down to see him in Gary, Indiana when he's pitching in low A ball as a top prospect. It was a little rough around the edges, uh, at that point in his life. And he always credits Tom Kelly for not giving up on him and telling him, Hey, as long as you're doing the work, I'm going to fight for you. And Tom Kelly loved him because he never complained. And he never made excuses. He had a bad outing. He'd just go back and go to work. And all that culminated when he, you know, I think Rick Anderson helped him refine his mechanics a little bit. And all of a sudden he was throwing 98, 99, uh, famously, you know, 99, 100 in that playoff game in Oakland and went on to have an incredible career. He sure did. He sure did. And it just shows you the benefits being able to stick with things and, and, um, and, uh, you know, uh, learn from your mistakes, learn from your, your past experiences and, and apply them and move forward. And, you know, that's why he's valuable to our organization now. I mean, he's, he does analysis. He, he's allowed in the clubhouse. If they brought him in, I think late last late in the season, you know, just to, to be there is another set of eyes and another opinion on, you know, and how to handle pitchers and how pitchers should go about doing their business. You know, that they, uh, you know, that was a smart move by the organization to kind of keep him around. So it's it's really hilarious, too, because I know Tor, uh, LaTroy and Tori like live across the East Street from each other yep. in Prospect, Pro, Prosper, Texas. And those are two guys who, you know, have, have seen it all, done it all in Major League Baseball and are still valuable to the organization. And they live right down the street from Deion Sanders. That's right. Who used to have a goalpost in his uh, <laughs> yard. And it's, it's been taken down. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's get to some minor matters. Uh, conversation I had with Derek Falvey and maybe a look ahead at this offseason as we start to get rolling here. Uh, first, though, I want to thank Aquarius Home Services Studio, which means thanking Aquarius 
home services. Football, eating chili, and cool crisp air. You gotta love fall, and it gets better. Aquarius has extended their Kinetico fall blowout sale to November 18th. That means 25% off the world's most efficient water treatment system. Enjoy spotless dishes, shiny fixtures, and purified drinking water. As your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, Aquarius is here to make your water worries go away. Enjoy 25% off and schedule your free water analysis today at KineticoMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Also, I want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between, whether you're talking about home or office or your business. Hey, it's a good idea no matter what uh, application you're using it for. You can go to allenergysolar.com, find out everything you need to know about solar, or you can specifically go to allenergysolar.com slash coach to check out how solar can benefit you. Uh, so the uh, twins add Camargo and Severino to the 40-man roster. Camargo is a power-hitting catcher. Uh, they Right now, they're in pretty good shape. Jeffers came on strong this year. Vasquez is signed for two more years, and he did not have a good year, but I thought he played better defensively toward the end. He started hitting a little bit better toward the end, and he has played on a lot of winning teams where does Camargo, Camargo fit in? Is he just going to wait for an injury, or is there some other way for him cracking the major league roster? Well, I think he – I got to make sure of this. I think he's played a little first base, a little bit. Uh, I saw Camargo play for the Saints this year, okay? Mm-hmm. When, he, when he hits the ball, it stays hit. The man's got pop. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. He's hit some 450-foot bombs over there with the Saints. And uh, I think, as you pointed out, they get like 24 homers last year. So – what was remarkable, and there are two remarkable things about the Minnesota Twins this past season. Um, number one is that 86% of their starts were made by five guys. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. one of those years where they didn't need 10 starters to get through a season. You know, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was like Lopez, Gray, Ober, Kenta Maeda, Joe Ryan. Ryan. And then, like, you had, like, uh, someone made, oh, Varlin made 10 Varlin starts. Varlin pitched a few, yep. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Dallas Keuchel made like five, right. you know, and then the next two were like Pagan and De La Rosa in like some opener type situations. So the other one was they went the whole season with two catchers, which I yeah. thought was rather remarkable as, as well. Um, they didn't need to uh, call up a third catcher. Both Vasquez and Jeffers um, stayed healthy, and maybe that's a testament to the every other day. Uh, workload that mm-hmm. uh, Rocco Baldelli gave those guys. Now, I think moving forward, Jeffers will probably get the bulk of those starts. Now, he's kind of proved it. He's proved he proved it last year with his uh, by being, I think he was the highest rated position player, I think, by the end mm-hmm. of the year. Um, Camargo, man, he's 24 years old. He's got pop. I haven't heard anything, I haven't heard anything bad about his defense. Uh, and so he definitely should be on a 40 man. I'm surprised he didn't have a third catcher on the 40 man, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, He's a guy, and if he gets called up, it's going to be interesting because that man can he can drive a baseball. I'll tell you that right now. And how about Severino? Where does he fit into the organization right now? Junior, you know, I saw Junior play a little bit too. Um, he looks like a hitter when he gets in the, at the plate. He's in good shape. He's got a wicked bat speed, and uh, he's got some pop as well. So uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to he's going to be a, a guy that they can rely on in a pinch if they need you know if they need. Uh, uh, him to call up, be called up in the uh, 
in the in the in the in the uh, short term situ- uh, short term basis, man. But uh, he he could hit a little bit too. That well, you know that uh, that Saints team had some pop on it. Uh, yeah. They they hit a lot. They hit a lot of homers last year. Uh, so I uh, I'm not surprised that uh, I'm not surprised those those two guys get added to the forty man. Uh, you know, Camargo was a lock, and um, you know Severino was no slouch at the plate either. I wrote about this the other day. I talked to Derek Falvey, uh, president of baseball operations, about this. I, I was kind of looking through Twins postseason history, and I realized that this regime, you know, even though they've been in the playoffs now, you know, four times in seven years since Falvey and Levine arrived, I don't think they'd ever really experienced a really good, min- optimistic Minnesota fan experience during the postseason because. You know, 2018, they played a one. They lost one game to New York. 2019, they were down two nothing by the time they got home, uh, and they just come off a Randy Dobnik start. They were playing the Yankees. I think there was a lot of pessimism. 2020, COVID, they had home games, empty ballpark. This to me was the first time they got a taste of what it was like when this fan base is really engaged and optimistic. And I know Rocco was blown away. I think Derek was too. Uh, I, I think we all were, Jim. And, you know, and we were there when they won the last game before they went into the 18 game postseason tailspin, mm-hmm. and we knew we knew uh, what the crowds were like then. But there was a stretch there where the Twins reached the playoffs and they would hook the Yankees in the first round, and people would just sit, you know, on the in their seats at the ballpark, just waiting for bad things to happen. Um, they wouldn't cheer much. Uh, if someone stood up to cheer, they would complain to the ushers that this guy's black in my view, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, man, what kind of, I was like, there's no, such a negative energy coming out of this crowd here. I mean, they would take Lee, like Kadir and Murnau, like hit home runs and put them up three, nothing. And they still, they were like, oh, the Yankees are going to come back to win. Um, this team was different because um, one, I think because they surged during the second half of the season after having struggles offensively uh, that made people believe that, uh, that uh, anything was possible. Two, uh, Royce Lewis was a, just an, the the effect he had in the clubhouse. He also had an effect on the fan base because when you become Mr. Grand Slam in the span of six weeks, you know every time he gets to, comes up to the plate, you're going to think something marvelous is going to happen. So I think he he, uh, he had the crowd set up to to, to provide, provide energy just from the moment he steps in the batter's box. Um, plus. Uh, the numbers show that the Twins were one of the better pitching teams in baseball, especially to start rotation. And if you have a good starting rotation, you got a shot. So I, I just think that they went to the uh, fans, went to the offseason thinking, okay, there's some hope here. And when they knocked out the the Blue Jays in the first round, uh, they really got fired up. So uh, it was it was exciting to see how the fan base reacted to this team in the postseason because uh, it wasn't like that in previous postseasons. And that's why, and I'm I'm glad Fabi, you know, talked about man. We want to go through this again. We want to see that we want to bring this energy back again. Hopefully, that fuels them during the off season, you know, as they work to um, you know put together a roster for the 2024 season because they got something good here. The window was open. There's young talent. You have a number one starter in Lopez. You have a number one closer in Duran. Um, you know, you you don't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. It'd be great if you could find a, a Sunny Gray clone for the rotation. Um, but you know they're going to come back as a favorite in the division, regardless of what off seasons the White Sox or Cleveland Guardians have. Uh, it's going to be the Twins uh, by far the favorite, overwhelming favorite to win this division. So people are going to be they the people want to see the Twins take the next step, and it's not like they're demanding it. They're 
excited about it based on what happened this year. So ride this wave, Derek Falvey, ride this wave. Yeah. And I, I think, as you said, I think Royce had an immense impact on the feel of this team. Uh, as you said, pitching is vitally important. And, you know, I think people warmed to Lopez as the season went on, but man, Royce gave this team personality, you know, and, and, and of course you can't do that unless you perform, but the combination of big hits, clutch hits, a, a kind of a seeming joy that he got to be a part of those big moments that he wanted to be up in those moments, uh, combined with you know, one of the best baseball personalities I've ever been around. I mean, he won over the fan base and he earned it. Yep. But you can, you can see and hear and feel his exuberance. And yeah. I think in the middle of, with 30,000 people in the stands, the guy sitting in the upper deck and left field could probably feel it all the way up there, you know, with that guy. So, um, like you said, he may be the most charismatic twin since Puckett. And yep. that's, that's saying a lot. Um, so that, this, this, is what, this is one thing, uh, one reason why, you know, 2024 could be a really fun year just because of all the good feelings and excitement that uh, this Twins team created uh, in 2023. No doubt. I can't wait for spring training. I can't wait for baseball season next year. Although I have to admit the Vikings have been a lot of fun to cover lately as well. All right. Uh, he's Lavelle and Neil from the uh, Star Tribune. I'm Jim Suhan, also from the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Again, if you like the show, go to TalkNorth. Uh, just subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Then go to TalkNorth.com. Find other shows you like. John Krasinski, Michael Russo, uh, Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager. We have the Viking Update show. We have new Dawn of Sports Don Mitchell's show. Uh, just had great guests on there. We're kind of going through uh, Women in Sports Month. This week, of course, we're going to do a lot of Women in Sports uh, as long as we're doing that show. But it's been it's just been a blast. So, hey, we're having a great time with this network. We really appreciate everybody who listens and supports us. Uh, again, I will talk to Roy Smalley later this week about how the atmosphere at the ballpark during this postseason compared to 1987, and we'll get into some possible trade scenarios as well. So thanks to everyone that listens. We'll talk to you soon.